All right, welcome back to the big program. Just after 9 o'clock in Edmonton. Decent day, but Laddie wasn't very happy with the travel coming in. No, not Slick or not? Well, it's... I, I get it's hard it's hard to tell two lanes, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Right? So Are you on White Mud? Is that what you're talking about? No, or, or this was wherever? going down the ninety fifth Avenue. Okay. To one seventy one seventieth. So some people they decide to go the middle lane. That's right. So they, they create the middle lane. It mm-hmm. was uh it was a minivan and honestly it took everything in my power not to <laughs> honk. I did swear a lot, but I didn't honk. I okay. just rode the left lane. So it was like me, left lane, right lane, and it was like a president going uh, in the middle lane, you know, and people mm-hmm. were just following it. It was incredible. And and it was the, the entire night, 95th half. Incredible. That's the road you come into in to get here? So, no. Yeah, so sometimes I, I change it. You I, take I white change, mud at all ever? No, I'm coming. I'm coming from the gym. I'm coming oh, from the one twenty fourth. So, okay, I, I switch it up because you know, like sometimes I take eighty seven Avenue mm-hmm. from my house that way. But there's a lot of construction. On a much more positive note, Laddie, I, I would like uh, to wish a happy birthday to the number one guest we've ever had on this show, the best guest we've ever had. Best guest. The best by far. Number one. There's here's number one way up here, and number two is there's a big discrepancy between number one and number two. My my birthday is not today, <laughs> but you're a co-host. You're not a guest. Yeah, well, so because number, you ne- but because you never invited me as a as a as a guest. But you can't. You're either a co-host or you're a guest. You can't okay. be both. Okay, I'm not gonna. So take this it is personal. the number one guest we've ever had. This is a lot. Ooh, I'm wondering. You, you're wondering, my mother Shirley her birthday today. She listens every day in Saskatchewan. She came in here, Duke, right, uh, a few months ago. Well, happy birthday to your mom. Yeah, Shirley's birthday today. Um, so happy birthday, Mom. I know you listen every day and love you a lot. So. Aww. You know, and I'll be home for Christmas, just like the song You says. are? Oh, yeah. Heading home right after on the 22nd. I love it, man. Yeah. I hope you get a blast. <laughs> Saskatchewan, eh? Saskatchewan, yeah. They'll now get a drive in my new Ram 1500. Ooh. Are you advertising? Well, yeah, we do our game so of the why, day. So why would you, why what? would you buy Ram? Well, okay, you know, there's so only Saint, one truck, and uh, that's Saint, Ford. Yeah, listen, Saint Albert Dodge is the sponsor now for this show. Okay, and they've given me the vehicle, beautiful Ram 1500 Sport. You probably saw it out in the parking so lot you sell when you out. came in. You, you telling me you're sell out for a Ram? But I, I, I get it. I, I get it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's, uh, they're they're nice They're nice Laddie, trucks. You said they're, after the show, you got to duck out and go check out Kevin. Maybe I'll take you for a little spin. I'll take you for a drive. You want to go for a ride, huh? You want to go for a ride? <laughs> no, I, I own four trucks. Uh, they're yeah, built yeah, tough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I Listen. Now, I, I, dude, like, I'm just, I'm, I just, I'm just joking with you. Yes. They're, they're nice trucks. And yeah, I'm happy for you. I'm still working on to get all the bells and whistles. I'll be honest. My Where's my free truck? <laughs> hey, come on. Well, you got to work the phones, man. Well, I'll do whatever. <laughs> there you, you go. You want me to strip down here on a camera? Or like, uh, what do I have to do here to, well, to get a free... Let's t- not go that far. <laughs> Into boxers. Come on, Kevin. Not <laughs> totally nude. Yeah, this... Uh, I'm some dignity. This, this... So, we, Connor and I were talking about this yesterday because when we were on during Fantasy Frenzy, some kid, like, literally stopped right out of these... In front of our studio yeah. windows and, like... Took his hat off, was like doing his hair. 
like these windows are not that reflective. No. And it's like it's like the K97 one next door. They're like a mirror basically. Yeah. So he stops there and I get it. Like you need to check check yourself out, I guess whatever. I don't have that problem because I don't have any hair. But like he can clearly see that we're in here looking right at him as he's doing <laughs> this. And this no didn't stop him one bit from just stopping and you know, getting everything squared up probably. And then he just puts his hat back on anyway. So I didn't really get the point of it. But it uh, uh, it, it, it threw it threw me and Connor off quite a bit because like i said like it's not like he doesn't know we're in here yeah. watching him do this how how old was he oh like rough. a teenager maybe like 15 16 a, years old or something i don't so know had so, a let's hot, be honest, so he wasn't thinking at all well who knows maybe <laughs> yeah. he had a maybe he had a hot date over at bubba gum bubba gum i was just gonna say i would go for some shrimp <laughs> deep uh, fried shrimp yes uh time now for the ski report on sports 1440 here is the duke This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Thursday, December 7th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. More snow means more terrain opening at the Jasper and Banff Resorts, and that's good news for all the ski and snowboard enthusiasts out there. Marmot Basin in Jasper is still operating on just the lower mountain, but 16 centimeters of snow in the last two days has improved and expanded the offerings to eight runs off two chairlifts. In Banff, Sunshine Village had 16 centimeters overnight, now 30 runs open, but Goatsai Mountain and the ski out are still closed. Lake Louise is opening its summit chair today and large chair tomorrow, 34 centimeters in the last 24 hours, has skiing open on three mountain faces, and Louise probably your best bet for the optimal skiing conditions in Alberta right now. Norquay received 11 centimeters overnight, has 16 runs open. Nathkiska, 15 centimeters overnight, all lifts running. Castle Mountain and Fernie both received significant rain the last day and are closed other than the beginning area down at Castle Mountain. Further into BC, Kicking Horse, Revelstoke, Panorama, Apex, Alpine, Silver Star, and Big White all open this weekend while Sun Peaks by Kamloops opened one lift yesterday on limited terrain. Edmonton skiers have their choice of slopes with Snow Valley, Rabbit Hill, Sunridge, and Edmonton Ski Club all open daily. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Ah, the ski report. I think we got to get Duke is good. Eh? Duke is on fire. Oh yeah. my god! No, I can't remember, Laddie. If uh, the new intro for "Are You In or Are You Out"? If we had it last week, no. Okay, so we Duke, pro- Duke made it. Duke, oh, he was on fire. Like the production value here. So you must was it last Friday that you it debuted? Must have been with Eddie. Oh, yeah. did you did you get race or like did you get <laughs> uh, some Christmas bonuses no, for that? Or? Tell you what, Laddie, it all comes back to the same conversation we had with Spec. This is a team team operation <laughs> sometimes uh you just got to put your nose to the grindstone and uh, i will say that as far from what i had to do to, to make the make this intro it's uh just something to give it a little more of a, a formal opening i guess how's that how, duke how do we get laddie to buy in more of the team concept here well like laddie like uh, he said he is a team guy yeah. but he's not it's not going to be at the cost of his own um pride maybe but i that's guess a, that's not being a team guy but i think there's no we, i in team laddie but there's one in laddie <laughs> Two and well, I don't want to throw you under the bus, but how many teams did you play on? A couple uh, lattice. What do you mean? He's a Melville Millionaires uh, legend. Oh yeah. Ooh, <laughs> what is that? Whoa, 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 the, whoa, the, whoa, 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 whoa! In the SJ. Oh really? Kev played some junior hockey. Well, I know he has, but so he's a but legend. No, well, I no, use that term no, no, no. I call no, myself man. a senior outlaws legend too. Well, I don't he, think I only played one year. Yeah, but he mentioned that he was on fire yesterday at the alumni shinny. 
Yeah, he did say. Is there any video proof of that? There's no. Holland was knocking on your your dressing room door afterwards. That maybe that's why. McDavid was on fire yesterday, slicing through the couple defense point, because he said, pointers. He, yeah, he, <laughs> probably writing it down, mm. observing. Well, you know, JD brought out his, he's got the new goal pads, Jeff uh, Delorier. Was he, was he in that? Yeah. Because some, some goaltenders tend to play, don't play guys. Just, but I, some goaltenders tend to play. But, yeah. They play forwards yes. and stuff. Like just no. don't, just a- don't go, hasn't come go, out. go back. Go back to that. New pads for JD, and they are like so bright orange. Like if you look at them, they'll burn your retinas. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm prone to seizures, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe that, I shouldn't be coming on. That was those. That was always kind of Deloitte style, though, right? He he had a, he had a flair for the dramatic with his gear wear. You know, he's he, a lefty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really liked, and he brought him out a couple skates ago, laddie. The the copper. He had the copper pads. I love it. Those were nice. Scrivens had them too. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but Benny, these ones. Yeah, I have just to give him a return the return the phone yeah. call. He called me. Uh, when we come back, we're going to have George Offman, but a couple people, because we were talking about best sports towns. Yeah. Boston, a couple people. Imitation Tom Montana to race Boston. Boston, yes. Yeah, those those two, I guess, eh? Okay, the big Celtics, three. You might, Celtics, uh, Bruins. Pats. Yeah, Pat, Patriots, right? Yeah, Patriots. So, but if you Rest if you want to go the big three, right? So then you'd go New York, Boston, and Chicago. Chicago, yeah. I mean... That's fair. Anyone else in the conversation? I mean, you could say... Sometimes LA gets in the mix, but because of the Lakers, you got to think about that. I I, I get it, but like if I if I if I say LA, it, it just doesn't. The problem it's, it's not the same as those three. The problem with LA for me is the NFL. How many teams have come and gone and left and uh, come back, and how they don't support their teams in the NFL. Like you know, so San Diego moves up there. They're the Chargers, and half the visiting team is cheering for the visiting team, it's, it's right? Weird. Half the fans are. It, it is weird, eh? Yeah. Yeah, it's, I don't like it. So, But yeah. the Lakers, back Lakers, in the day. Lakers, legitimate. Kings, yeah. Kings. Kings with, you know, two cups, yeah. And they're, they look good too. Yeah. This year. That, hey, number one, number one for me in the power ranking still, you, LA. And I'm, I'm with you on okay. that, man. Like, I, I think they overtook Vegas. The, the way they, they play, man, yeah. whew, some heavy... Like they play heavy hockey and they have some really good players. That's, I just yeah. got a text here from Joanne. Carius is a legend in his own mind. Now I know who this is. This is my hair hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. love her. Oh yeah. Well, she's in love with Stu Skinner. She, she wants. Yeah. She would like to. Do she his, would like do, to do wax his mustache. His mustache yes. Like oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Jesus, inappropriate. <laughs> no, everyone. I think Stu has mustache wax, doesn't he? Yeah, you wax, you wax the tips. That's yes. how you get the little twist on the end. That's, yeah. what, For, that's what Forsberg does now. Like Philip Forsberg, yeah, yeah Philip Forsberg. Yeah. I think Skinner is more like a Wester. He's, yeah, Wester. He's yeah. like he reminds me like he's Who's the guy on Simpsons. Yeah, uh, Simpsons? Homer Simpson. No, no. <laughs> No, Ned, Ned, that, yeah. Ned Flanders. Ned Flanders. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah must- that is a really good comparison. Yeah. yeah, thank you. But Stu has the. He's got the Yellowstone, uh, the 1883 stash. That's what that is. Yeah, you know, I. Yeah, I guess. Could you yeah. ever grow one like that? No, I cannot grow one, and I, I wouldn't. We I'm wouldn't. from Europe. We are. 
It's more more like your Alberta, North American thing. <laughs> When we come back, George Offman, Chicago uh, media legend. Tell me a story I don't know. Uh, that's coming up. Kevin Carey, Sladislav Schmid on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the big program. 920 in Edmonton. Uh, Kevin Carey's along with Ladislav Schmid on Sports 1440. And now we welcome in a guest from Chicago. And this is going to be an interesting conversation for sure uh, as we welcome in George Offman. Uh, George, you're on uh, Sports 1440 with uh, Kevin Carries and former NHLer Ladislav Schmid. Uh, welcome to the program. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. I got to tell you something right off the bat. Uh, last night, I was thinking about the fact that, and I really believe this, I'm the only guy to see in this world to see the highest scoring NBA game in history and the highest yes. scoring NHL game in history. And that was 1985 at the Chicago Stadium when Edmonton beat the Blackhawks 12-9 and Wayne Gretzky had seven assists. <laughs> wow. You know, well, George, that's funny because so your podcast is telling me a story I don't know. And how I was thinking of starting this is by going, I don't know where to start. But that was where I was going to start because you did witness the highest NHL and NBA scoring games plus the Wrigley Field game in 1979. It's quite amazing. Right. The, the, the highest-scoring NBA game, I wasn't a reporter at. The other, okay. the other two I was. I was just a guest of my uh, college roommate in 1983 in Denver when the uh, Pistons beat the Nuggets 186-184, to 184, when the highest scoring was really at its apex in the NBA. <laughs> the Cubs game was 1979 when they, the Phillies beat the Cubs 23-22 at Wrigley Field, and the score after first inning was 7-6 to six Philadelphia. Oh. So, you know, in the course of 50 years, you get to see a lot of strange things. Yeah. I mean, so you look at your illustrious career and all the things that you've seen, you've really, you would say you're the first to say that you're quite blessed to, to be around this long to witness everything. But, I mean, and Laddie and I were talking about how great a sports town Chicago is. Yeah. So the canvas has been there for you, uh, George, to kind of start painting this? Well, yeah, but it took a while before it became a pretty good sports town because it was devoid of championship trophies. I mean, when the Bears won the Super Bowl in 1986, the previous championship was the Bears in 1963. But hmm. then we got Michael Jordan, and you got six titles, and then we got the Blackhawks and we got three titles and you got the White Sox finally broke through after 88 years and the Cubs after 108. So things, things were looking up right now. Things not so good. Mm -hmm. Well, Laddie played many games in yeah. Chicago. Mm -hmm. So you know what it was like, Laddie? The, yeah. Like I, I played against the Blackhawks when they weren't so good, but yeah. then they got taste, they got Kane. And you know Duncan Keith Seabrook, and they kind of started the dynasty. But it was always fun to go to uh, United Chicago Stadium. Yeah, it's Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was always always fun to go there. Like the atmosphere mm -hmm. during the anthem when everybody stands up and claps and like yeah, it's it's one of the best. Honestly, I, I wish like people can experience it. It's, it's so much fun. You know, now they're in a full on rebuild, obviously, but there is a hope like Connor Bedard. I, they, they will 
turn this thing around. Yeah. You know, it's gonna, it's not gonna happen overnight. But I'm, I'm exci- excited for Chicago hockey fans to, to mm-hmm. get guy like Connor Bedard and again to start turn this ship around and you know yeah like i said that the chicago like the the town itself is beautiful sure. I, i love it there it's so much so much uh fun there so george some of the hockey people that you've talked to and interviewed in your book again by the same name uh tell me a story i don't know uh you can just see chris chalios pat foley and eddie Olcha. can you just touch on the, those three individuals and and what you what you saw and and your conversations with them Well, with Eddie, obviously I was there when Eddie began his playing career with the Blackhawks in 1984. And it didn't take long. I was with a group of reporters, and Eddie was very talkative. He wasn't very shy. And I turned to a couple of them and I said, this guy's going to take our jobs one day. And who knew that he was going to wind up being a tremendous analyst along with a really terrific hockey player. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Chelios, who finally they're going to honor by uh, raising his number seven to the banners, at the United Center, which I don't know if they've already done that in Detroit, but they should do that there as well. Um, a fierce competitor, uh, you know, a, a real kind of role model type of hockey player who played, what, 20, 26 years in the NHL. It's amazing. Yeah. And Pat Foley was, you know, he's the, he's the soundtrack of the NHL for so many people for 40 years. For me growing up, it was Lloyd Pettit, who was terrific. And then There's Pat Foley, who came in in 1980 and you know just retired uh, a little over a year ago. So all three of them are great in the book, which is actually titled Tell Me a Story, I Don't Know, Conversations with Chicago Sports Legends, which people can get on Amazon Books. Yeah. They're just, um, they're, they're wonderful They're wonderful people. Uh, it's great to see Eddie is still flying his trade nationally in Seattle and, and that Chris Chelius is still working here in town, but uh, all, all wonderful people and great interviews. George, did, sorry, go sorry, ahead, Letty. Why ahead. did it take so long to retire Chris Chelios's number <laughs> in Chicago? Good, good question, well, wait, George. I'll, I'll put it. I'll, I'll do something else. The Blackhawks have taken a little too long to to retire Steve Larmer's number. Mm, They haven't yeah. done that yet. Steve Larmer, yeah. Steve Larmer probably should belongs in the, the the NHL Hall of Fame. Yeah, uh, a spectacular player with Dennis Savard. Yeah. I don't know. They just here's. Sometimes you wait and wait, and okay, the team isn't very good. They're drawing very well, but, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, sometimes it takes a little too long to pull a trigger like that, but they're going to do it. I'm glad to see that they're going to do it. There aren't that many jerseys up in the rafters, and soon there will be many more with probably Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Brent Seabrook, you know, Duncan Keith. Mm-hmm. There'll, there'll be more as time goes on. George Offman's our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Ladislav Schmid on Sports 1440. Offman with the uh, Tell Me a Story I Don't Know podcast and a book by the same name. Uh, George, can you speak to the dynamic of the baseball teams in Chicago? When the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, we all know it was you know a long time coming, but just the differences between how the city supports and reacts to the success and failures of both the Cubs... And the White Sox. Well, I mean, it is a Cubs town when it comes to baseball and always has been and likely because of Wrigley Field. Um, and the White Sox, you know, kind of been that kind of stepchild. And right now, they're really at the bottom of the barrel for, for a lot of reasons, mm-hmm. not the least of which is that they lost 101 games this year. But their image has been really tarnished by a lot of situations. Uh, the hiring of Tony La Russa, then the firing of the general manager and the uh, – Um, and the vice president of the team, Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn, 
to Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner who is getting really uh, criticized heavily, not the least of which lately talking to the mayor of Nashville, because always that connection of trying to move the White Sox there in, in five or six years. Uh, they're down to luck. The Cubs, you know, the Cubs are – the arrow is pointing up. It all depends on what they do here in free agency. But because of Wrigley Field and the fact that the, the Ricketts family refurbished the place, it is a place to go to for a lot of fans. Uh, but listen, when the White Sox won the World Series in 19, excuse me, in 2005, mm-hmm. the next year they drew nearly 3 million people. I thought that was absolutely unheard of. So if they're good, people will come. Mm-hmm. Right now they're not very good and people aren't coming. But, but hopefully one day soon uh, they'll be able to recapture the – the, the fan base that they have really uh, angered over the course mm-hmm. of time. Uh, George, would the Bulls run in the 90s be the most magical time and maybe team that you, you covered and were associated with? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For, for one reason, yeah. and that's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm lucky to have had a courtside seat there for the time that he came in um, when he was drafted by the Bulls until the last dance and when he retired at least – you know, from the Bulls in 1988, and that time period when he left to play baseball for the White Sox for those couple of years. I mean, it was magic. You know, they won, they won six titles. They were they were the darlings of the world, not just Chicago and the United States, but all over the world. Everybody wanted Michael Jordan. I'm sure that was the case in Canada. Plus, he's so big in France and China, you you name it. So, yeah, that was great. But to be there with the Blackhawks and to be in Philadelphia that the night that they won that Stanley Cup and being part of a broadcast team was such an unreal experience to be sitting on a bench and watching the Stanley Cup being hoisted by the Blackhawks. Mm -hmm. That's an experience that you get once in a lifetime. Um, And for me, that was a once in a lifetime being part of a broadcast team to see that happen. So, yeah, it's the Bulls. It's Michael Jordan. And after that, probably the Blackhawks. Oh, That's pretty neat. Yeah. You know, and, and then what about the Bears? How, how do they fit into the picture for all the stories that uh, you've told and the stories that you, you know, the people that you don't know, you know, about uh, in your podcast? Well, I mean, the Bears are the number one team in the city, period. Mm-hmm. It's constant. They have been generally speaking, awful for years and years and years. Um, you know, you can't live on the past. I mean, 1985, when they, you know, had that Super Bowl team and won in 1986, arguably, you know, the greatest one-season team in the history of the game. That's one year. But, you know, they've gone through a lot of hard times, and now that, you know, they're talking about whether or not Justin Fields is going to be their future quarterback, it dominates sports radio, it dominates mm-hmm. the, the, the sports pages, because they are the Bears. Even though this is a five-team town, the Bears are by far number one. And so uh, it would be great to see them be relevant again, and relevant by mean relevant as a good football team. And then the controversy about where they're going to be playing in a number of years, which likely will be Arlington Heights, a suburb uh, where the racetrack used to be, and they tore it down. And the Bears bought uh, the property there to, to likely move the team. You know, still a still a Chicago area, but not really proper in the city. Look, they they are they are the talk of the town all the time, and probably always will be. 
Hmm. Well, is there a light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing that they they can turn this thing around? Like, what what is the problem? Like, why why they're not successful? Some teams are, you know, they go through up and downs, but it's been a while, right, when mm-hmm. they were like well, relevant the in the problem, league. Yeah, the problem is the quarterback situation. They have not had what would be called a franchise quarterback since a fellow named Sid Luckman <laughs> in the 1940s. Yes. Oh, okay? We're talking like 80 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jim McMahon was the quarterback for the Bears when they won the Super Bowl. And, you know, he wasn't a, a great quarterback, but he was a galvanizing quarterback, yeah. and they won the Super Bowl with him. Mm-hmm. But they really haven't had that guy, you know, like what the Packers have had, the Green mm-hmm. Bay Packers. Yeah. They've had two quarterbacks in 30 years. They're yeah. both Hall of Famers. Well, yeah. will be. Here, I mean, it's like the quarterback of the day or the quarterback of the year. Mm-hmm. So when they get that right, and it's possible that Justin Fields might be the guy. When they get that right, then they will be really good. Mm-hmm. Until then, they just keep fishing and fishing yeah. and fishing <laughs> for the right guy. Well, maybe in the draft uh, next year. George Hoffman, tell me a story I don't know. Um, you know... I was going to throw this at you, George, and I don't know why it came to me, but I was in Chicago in May of 1994. I was there for about 10 days, and I was at the Kingston Mines, went everywhere, did all, did did it all. And mm-hmm. so uh, I was at Wrigley. I mean, the Bulls were in the playoffs. The Hawks were in the playoffs. It was uh, a magical week, and I was down in a, Well, I was on a, in, you were uh, probably sober the entire time, eh? No, I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't, Laddie. Uh, and I don't know if, if you can uh, correlate this, uh, George, but so I was. it was in May, and every every bar, Laddie, and as you know, every bar has a TV and it's on sports. But I was there at midnight, and it was the night that uh, the execution of John Wayne Gacy. It was in May of 94, mm-hmm. and every yeah. TV, every TV in every bar was not on sports. It was on this execution of the clown killer. Do you recall that, George? Uh, vaguely. Uh, I've read several books about him. It, you know, I was a, gosh, such a, a, a horrible mm-hmm. time to realize that there was this human being that could do what he did. Um, but, no, it didn't surprise me, yeah. because in his own right, John Wayne Gacy was a galvanizing figure. And I think because it was midnight, um, you know, there's, you're not going to see any sports on television at midnight, so to speak, that was that was a moment yeah, yeah I, I, i vaguly i vaguely remember I, that i just remember yeah i remember part of, part of chicago's history yeah. we, that we'd like to forget i guess and maybe i shouldn't have brought it up but what i do remember is again every bar is loud and and, and sports shows were on espn and you got sports center every everything yeah. was on and it was just deadly silent no way, way to bring the mood down sorry Kevin. Yeah. sorry it's 30 years ago i thought you know, <laughs> that's yeah I, I, yeah well you know it's nice to have a little it's history. part of the history part of yeah. a little history so i'm educated oh now. we have a little we have a little history here with a guy named al capone so we, we're well go. versed with some of the great criminals in the history well, of sure. yeah and uh, he had the tunnels up in these parts in moose jaw george Did he really? I didn't oh know that. yeah! If you go down to the Moose, apparently, yeah, in Moose Jaw, which it. is it's about a ten, twelve hour drive from where we There's are. There's nothing else there, just the tunnels. Yeah, just the tunnels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, There's yeah, a big much. moose outside of the town, laddie. Yeah. 
Um, what when you did the book and with all your podcasts, what what do you enjoy most about about, about everything? Uh, you know, with all the the sports history in, in Chicago, George. Well, it wasn't something that I was planning on doing. I had been in the radio business for forty six plus years, and in twenty twenty, I was working for the local news radio station here. And uh, I was the first to be let go because of COVID. Uh, you know, suddenly you are 66 and a half years old and you're not done yet. You're trying to think of what you're going to do. So I devised the concept of a podcast and hired some people to help me do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we've done it to the point where, and I will say this now, the final two episodes of this podcast will be taking place in the next couple of weeks. The podcast is going to be over. It, it had its run. It's three years. But the book is out, and what the book does is depict 50 of the guests in little vignettes, which I really appreciate. Um, That was a wonderful experience because I was able to interview so many people that I know over the course of that time, from people like Bob Costas, who I'm sure Canadians are are well-versed with, to another Canadian named Bill Wennington, who... You know, was with yeah. the Bulls for those three to three of those six championship seasons. He's now an analyst with Chuck Swirsky, and you know, Bill grew up in Montreal. Chuck did the the, the, the Raptors yep. for a number of years, um, so that was a you know, it was a great pleasure to talk to all of these terrific people. Mike Greenberg of ESPN, who uh, he's the, the, he says, and he's correct that I was the very first person he worked with professionally back in 1989. He wrote the forward of the book, mm. so it, it all of this has been you know it's a great experience. I've done it for 50 years. I'm not done yet. I still want to continue on. Who knows what's going to happen next? But you, you, when you grow up in the city, uh, you're you're already part of that sports fabric. Mm. I was as a child, and then you're reporting on it for all those years, and you go through history and you go through stars and you go through championships and you go through lousy seasons you're you're it's part of you that's me it's part of me part Mm -hmm. of me is watching wayne gretzky come to town and 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 this this incredible incredible talent that's playing there and then realizing wait a second we have dennis savard and now we have patrick kane and and jonathan taves and Connor bedard so you know, the city's gotten, you know, the city's got its share of great stars. And I think that that, that really uh, helps in in in, uh, in motivating a city and its fandom. And as Vladimir just said a moment ago, Connor Bedard, he's, he's the next guy. Yep. We're going to see. Kid's only 18 years old. But, you know, if he lives up to expectations, maybe there will be another Stanley Cup here in, say, four or five years. Mm, maybe a couple more years than that, but you never know. Uh, I, uh, well, it's, a, it's a long time, but you know, you, you're, you're right about that because you, you, you look at the Oilers now, yeah. and I see that they're they're really playing very well of late. That's that's too good of a team, by the way. Too much talent there yeah. to to not be in the Stanley Cup already. Sometimes it's not just stars that win; yeah. it's it's chemistry, it's coaching, it's all. Look at the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. They, they they had this team on the cusp, and they fired Dennis Savard and brought in Joe Quenville. The right guy at the right time. It worked. Same thing with the Bulls. You know, when they're on the cusp of winning, they fired Doug Collins, they brought in Phil Jackson, yep. and they won six championships. So, you know, in Edmonton, I know they made the change, and maybe that's going to be the difference for them to be the type of team that makes a deep run in the Stanley Cup this year. Well, we will see. Hey, George, thanks so much for your time. Appreciated all the uh, great stories and uh, continued success uh, with the two more podcasts and the book. 
Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's a George Offman. Tell me a story I don't know. And man, there's a lot of stories out of Chicago. Sorry to bring a downer on that thing 30 years ago, Laddie, but... Yeah. It's a, hey, I mean, honestly, I walked, you walked in and it is dead silent in every bar. Yeah. Like, you just think about that. Like, this is the, I mean, the bulls are going, the hawks are going. Yeah, I just, I just think you just yeah. took the absolute energy out of this show. <laughs> I sucked the life yeah, out of the building. Sucked the life. Well, we're going to get it back with Are You In or Are You Out, Laddie? Uh, Plus the Duke's new fancy intro. I like that. Okay, wait till you hear yeah, it. Yeah, I think he's shooting for a drop now with that. That's coming up after the break on the Kevin Carey Show with Ladislav Schmid on Sports 1440. Stay with us. This is Rockstar. You know this song, Laddie? Um, yeah, Rockstar. One of your son's favorite songs? <laughs> is that who it is, Duke? I don't know. Yeah, that's the song. The Baby. The baby. The baby. The baby. That's his name. Yeah. The which baby. is there's also Lil Baby, and I think the Lil Baby. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can just play with the baby. Yes. Right? <laughs> uh, yeah. The names of hip hop artists confuse me tremendously. Oh, tremendously. Like yeah. All right. It's time now for Are You I'm In like, or Are You Out? Rolling up my sleeves. Oh, we went, Duke's not because Duke was yeah. Are you ready, Duke? Now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> we had some great times. We're about to have some more. I know that look. I'm putting together a team. Then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out? On Sports 1440. I'm out. Oh, what do you think? Well you done. Look, okay. Well done. Duke is on fire. I never doubted you. Yeah, I know you didn't, Laddie. Like, I, 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 that, you're, you're an artist, like that, I said. Um, the inspirational words you were giving to Philip Broberg earlier, I took that to oh. heart. I, I go home at the end of each show. I just look in the mirror and I say, you are good. You are, I, I, or I'm, sorry, you are good enough. You're one of, <laughs> he walks. No, he's 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 the teenager here. He he walks by by these by these oh, windows. Man. He's like, no, oh, you're good enough. You're good enough. You are good, good enough. enough. All righty, gentlemen. Smart enough. We got a fresh batch of uh, ideas to get your opinions on. Uh, starting with the Edmonton Oilers, huge win last night over the Hurricanes, six-one. Zach Hyman hat trick. Connor McDavid three points. Production from up and down the lineup, and some solid goaltending to round it all out. I'm saying that last night's version of the Edmonton Oilers is what people have been expecting to see this entire season. But your question, your phrasing is since opening night. Since opening night. You can go ahead. Well, if you it's go by the, the wording. It's what the people have been waiting for. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to say I'm absolutely in. But how you word the question, that's not what they wanted to see on opening night because it was 8-1. Yeah. So there you go. But I'm going to say, I understand your phrasing, Duke. I'm going to say, absolutely. We're in, we had the text earlier. I mean, playing Don't even start, Matt. Just... Don't even start with me because we had this going before. <laughs> yeah, we're, not getting, we're not getting into this one thing that Duke had earlier in the week either. It's going to take too long Ooh, to explain. Is, is there some beef? No, Kevin... I don't know if it's his reading comprehension or his listening Where comprehension. The wording. It's the wording. The wording anyway. is clear. Yeah. I'm uh, going to say, I mean, we had the text earlier and it said about, you know, the, what was the exact line of that text, Duke? I can't have what, to find What one, Kevin? We get like a million texts in the morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, is this what you thought you would see? Uh, no. Yes. You know, because this is what we thought we would see from opening night. Uh, so I'm 100% in on this. I'm sure you are too. I'm, I'm absolutely in. Yes. <laughs> no. 
Yeah. The people is like the Oilers are back. Yesterday at the games, like Oilers are back. This is what we should have been seeing all along. And like, yeah, it's a little bit more mm-hmm. complicated than that, guys. But yeah. But Laddie, you were saying uh, when we were kind of going over these just before starting, is that this that, that's not necessarily what you expected this Oilers team to be on opening night. <sighs> it's hard. It's hard to say. Like I, I like like. Let's be honest. Carolina yesterday played terrible. Played bad, yeah. right? According, they to, according to their head coach, the worst he has ever seen, seen them play. And I, I honestly, they were kind of. What did? You, what is the word? Disinterested. Mm-hmm. Kevin, did you use that? I, disinterested. I, disinterested. Yeah. yeah, that's. And you're yeah, down. Man, you're like, down three nothing before the first commercial break. Yeah, like what did people expect? But the, yeah. people like after big statements, they expected the that's Oilers right. come yeah. opening night. Blew the blew the Vancouver Canucks out of the building. Yeah, right. Well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty didn't straightforward. Didn't, yeah. Pretty, pretty straightforward. straightforward. Yeah. Uh, moving to number two, the Oilers. Uh, eight games remaining before the Christmas break. Uh, five more on this homestand before heading out east for three to wrap things up. Uh, heading into the break, sixteen points up for grabs. I'm saying anything less than thirteen points accumulated over these next eight games is a failure. Ooh. I'm out on this one. Okay. No, I I even think like twelve points, like six and two, that's still really good. Like I, I it would be nice thirteen and higher, yeah. but like I'm out. Like that's 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 exactly the high expectations. See, the Duke is a professional gambler. That's why he put it at a 13. professionally bad gambler. Yeah. If he would have put twelve, you would have probably went. Mm, yeah, see? yeah. You just said six and two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I'm out on this one. Um, yeah. Okay. That's that's my take. I, I'm out as well, but yeah. I think they can do it. They are oh, don't get me wrong. Yeah. They can definitely do it. It's again, phrasing it. of the question. Yeah. Accumulated, accumulated will be a failure. Yeah. See? You got to <laughs> The Duke is sneaky. Sneaky. <laughs> and he, he's, he's taking advantage of my, this is my second language too, so yes. half of the stuff he writes down, I don't understand. <laughs> put it through, uh, put it through Google Translate, see how, see how before I, I send I do have it over. on my main, main, main page. <laughs> uh, Alrighty, we can uh, shift away a big slate of hockey tonight, but also tonight is Thursday Night Football. Uh, you can join me at the Ellerslie Canadian Brew House to watch Steelers and Patriots in what is a game that I don't think anybody is looking forward to. Steelers are still in the playoff mix, but my uh, my statement to you guys is that Saturday's Army-Navy game, which is notoriously low scoring in its history, current over-under set at 37.5, will have more points scored in it than tonight's Steelers-Patriots affair. You want to go first you're on this one? You're going first. I was just going to check the weather conditions for this game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, well, you never know More because it could scored. be. Yeah. I am. I'm going to trust the NFL. They're going to score more, go- more more points. Okay. Yeah, so I'm uh, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to, yeah. Okay, I'm going to say there will be more points scored in the Steelers-Patriots game tonight. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that's for what I, some that's what I said. you're yeah. saying. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's what for I said. some yeah. reason, I every time that they say everything's going to be really, really bad, it's, something happens and there's there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. And I I see, I see six or seven, maybe eight catches for two TDs for Pat Fryermuth. That's what I see. 
You think Mitch Trubisky is going to yeah. be slinging it out I there? I do, yeah. I, just to Pat Fryermuth, that's all. Yeah, the lowest the lowest over-under set in the NFL since 2005 for this game at, well, depending where you're looking, 30, 30 and a half, somewhere in that range, which is just crazy. And I get where you're coming from, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I an optimistic approach to this game, maybe. You uh, have to have it. Well, like I said, I, I have a good time at the CBH yeah. no matter what's on the TV, even if it is a terrible football game, which I have been exposed to plenty of on Thursday mm-hmm. night so far this season. Last yes. week, I would say, was probably the first and only good Thursday nighter this year. Maybe the first one, the Lions-Chiefs yes. Lions was decent, that but was that's good. also the season opener. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think this game is going to be about like a 10-7, to 13-7 game. Okay. Yeah, we are so far. Like, are we on the same page? We're okay, but we got a big one coming up. This Not, one, I'll this, take. This I'll, might get some people, uh, some people stirring. The same New England Patriots that we just spent all this time talking about in the midst of a terrible season, quarterback situation mired in doubt. I'm saying that Bill Belichick will not be coaching the New England Patriots next season. Okay, I am. Uh in on this, I am in. I I agree that and say that he will not be coaching. I think it's just time for something else for Bill Belichick. Just time for something else. I think, yeah. my opinion is, it would be the right time for him to mm-hmm. to get a new voice. But that being said, I read some interview that he still really enjoys coaching. Yeah. And... Unless he's got some kind of, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I am, I am out on this one. I think okay. he's still gonna be there next year. Um, but I think for the the right move for them to be maybe part ways okay. and get a new new person there. But I, I still okay. think he's gonna be coaching you there next year. next year. I, I, I just have that internal okay. feeling. I, I don't know. Some people just. I have a quirky, useless comment about Bill Belichick, but go ahead, Duke. What's your thoughts? Uh, I think he will be coaching, but not for not, the Patriots. Okay, so you're. Oh, I, yeah, I, I, you're I, think, I think him and Robert Kraft will uh, will yeah. shake hands, uh, part yeah. ways, and Belichick goes somewhere for uh, a di- like. There, there are some things tying him to Washington, to yeah. the Commanders. Um, the Chargers very likely going to be looking for a new coach. Um, like Justin Herbert, uh, we saw what Belichick was able to do with Tom Brady as his quarterback over the course of his career. So there, there are some other, like there's plenty of options out there. There's going to be lots of teams looking for new coaches, I think, by the end of this season, um, including a couple already in Vegas and Carolina. So mm-hmm. I, I think the Patriots in their current situation... Belichick will uh, wash his hands of it, say thank you very much. Obviously, in my like the greatest coach of all time, in my opinion, yep. and he will uh, go try his hand somewhere elsewhere. warmer, maybe yeah. Carolina. <laughs> but Carolina. For, but for me is he? Some people have a pretty bit e- ego, and yeah. maybe he doesn't want to. In my opinion, he doesn't want to accept, and he might want to show people that even with that team, he can turn it around. Okay, uh, fair. My Crazy fact here. Bill McDermott used to coach the Edmonton Eskimos offensive line. Salt of the earth. One of the best guys you've ever met. When Bill Belichick was at Wesleyan University as a student, Bill McDermott coached him in lacrosse back, way back in the day. We're talking many, many years ago. Coached him in lacrosse. When uh, Coach McDermott passed away here in town, I sent the New England Patriots public relations staff a message 
and just said that Bill McDermott had passed away to, to give this message to Bill Belichick. I got a note the next day. Bill Belichick says, thank you very much for letting him know. Wow. There you go. That's pretty special, man. Yeah. That's yeah. for you doing that. Hey, well, you're a good person. Kevin after all, eh? Eh? Melville millionaire legend, <laughs> hero of the community. <laughs> well, Bill Belichick's good bud. Yeah. Well, after that's, this next I, I, one, I, I, no man, like that's like wow. I you know hats off to you. Okay. Seriously, that's very nice. There you go. All right, okay. last one. It is Food Thursday, which we always like to dive into with uh, our co-host Ladislav Schmid, one of his true passions in life. And uh, I think this one's going to get him pretty fired up. I'm saying that taco in a bag is the most underrated food that you can get at a concession stand, whether it is at a small town hockey rink, a school volleyball tournament, or your local fair slash rodeo. I am going to agree with you. I'm absolutely in on this, that it is the most underrated food at a golf course concession stand on the ninth hole, whether it be at the, uh, you know, a high school game or whether it be wherever, the kids love it. You snip off the top of the bag, you put your ground beef in, you put the cheese in, you put the sour cream, you put the salsa in, you put the lettuce, the tomato. Wow, you're you presenting it, it like it's like this best food ever. Okay, so apparently you don't agree. Well, I'm out on this one. I I. I get why you're in on this because you just don't know any better. You both own Canadian passport. <laughs> so like, I, I, I don't, I don't blame you. It's just disgusting to me to just the presentation of it. And, uh, well, what I, you- I, I, like, well, ne- well, it, it's like, I'm going to bring my kids to the pig barn. Hey guys, let's, <laughs> let's eat with the pigs. Like, you know, just put it on the, on the floor and just like, Hey, there's, there's a taco. Just eat it on the floor. But if you're the on the goal, And you, like, what are you supposed to hot do? Hot dog. Not- hot, hot dog. Hey, give me the hot dog that's nicely wrapped. Okay, I'm going to unwrap it. I'm going to eat it like a human okay, being. But not, w- not, or out you got of a the fork. back. You have a yeah, fork. fork. I can imagine. I can it's imagine not even some, messy. I can imagine some people grab it with their hands too. I can imagine. I can see it. Oh, my God. I Sorry, guys. I am totally out on this one. Okay. I never try it. I probably never will. What, what what are you doing, that? Duke? Duke, <laughs> he, he was so upset he, he threw the mock. Clean up mock. on aisle five yeah. for the Duke. Laddie, Laddie got on my nerves so yeah, much by the, the, talking down to talk on a bag that I spilled my coffee over oh, the edge of the desk. Man, why don't you like pick like a decent food? Like, are you trying to get? Is it is that like what you talk about before I get in? Like, I'm how can to, we how can we piss him off? Yes. No. The, well, Duke, not me. I I see these at the same time as you. So Duke obviously likes this snack, or what do you call it? A snack, I guess. It's a snack. It's, it's, it's a meal. What I like about it is that at different places, there is a little bit of variation in it, whether it's the type of chips they use. Like growing up uh, at the Delburn School, like Hot Lunch Fridays when it would be served, it was the Ariba. Um, yeah, to, nachos, yeah. Nachos, or I like to use sweet chili heat Doritos if I'm like okay. making it at home or something. But some places have all the fixings, like you said, Kevin, lettuce, uh, sour cream, oh. salsa, the whole thing. Or some, it's just some cheese and beef and chips, yeah. which is not as good, but still serviceable. And then even how they cook the hamburger. Um, is it a little more of a saucy one? Is it uh, kind of just drier with some spice to so, it? So question for Laddie from Imitation Tom. Would Laddie be more into it if they served it in a bowl? 
Then it's just taco there's, salad. There's, yeah, there's, there's a taco salad. But that's what you're getting. You're getting like, taco salad in a bag. In the back. That's yes. where Laddie's turned. Laddie's just turned off by the fact it's served to him in the bag that the chips come in. Yes. But that it's it's the most convenient thing. You don't need a plate. You don't need a bowl. It's they just hand it to you. I and be- when you're done, you throw it away. I bet if you try are this. Are we animals here or like are we human beings? Or- okay, what do you do when you have a bag of chips? I just eat it. But it's nice and clean. I, it doesn't spill anywhere. It's... This is just like I, I don't know how to describe. Like when, when I when I picture that, it's yeah. like pigs are eating in a pig barn. Pig pig pen. <laughs> pig pen. Yeah. It's like I I don't know. Like it's just disgusting. <laughs> hey, it's just like I get. If, I, I yeah, understand. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with not being in on this. I, I, yeah, I, I I guess. Like, can you imagine going on a date? Hey. Hey, what are you gonna get? I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you a taco in taco the back, and and just watching the girl, hopefully a decent looking girl, just going at it out of the back is like ah, get out of here. <laughs> or maybe you would have even more respect. You know, like just like oh, she's getting in it, <laughs> into it. I I don't know, man. Like it's just. I've I've never I honestly I never seen it. Okay, first of all, Laddie has just false visions of what eating this actually entails because it is just eating it with a fork. Yeah. And you're just basically, if it's in a bowl, oh. you'd eat it, but it, it's in a bag. So it's more mobile. It's on the go. It's taking it out to sit in the bleachers to watch your kid play hockey or whatever. Yeah, well, so you eat it. It can spill a- anywhere too. Like, How man, is that like, different than eating it out of a bowl? Because I would sit at the table, but you're going, you're going, you're going in a stance, which is even more disgusting now. So it's all like... I can just see it. I, I don't know, guys. Not clean. Hot dog. <laughs> hot dog or fries with chicken fingers. So if you got fries with the poutine on it, that could be messy. At a game Again, or... Canadian thing, poutine. Yeah. Like, I don't really... What know. about gravy? In Montreal, I would do poutine, yeah. but not not just anywhere. Look, you know? see, now you're over... We were over 10 o'clock now. You got to get going. You're going to be late. Yeah, you got you, hockey you, today? Yeah, I, w- I haven't been feeling great, but, you know, maybe that's something that's going to put me back on track, just Today. dominating by a bunch of guys. With the, my, 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 the coach I coach with, Grant Stevenson, he just oh, yeah. sent me a text if I'm in. Or he wants to have a player to ex- actually <laughs> exchange the puck with. No, I'm just joking. There's yeah. actually decent, decent talent on the ice. Like, yeah. I, I kid you not, there's, there's some good, good players. Good players. It's, it's been... Last week I wasn't there because my wife wasn't feeling good. Yeah. But the two weeks prior to that, I cannot say who who got who going, but it was very heated. Oh, really? It was very heated. Yes, and and I kind of like I kind of like that. I wasn't chirping or anything, but it got extra spark. The boys were going. We we won too. Fired so up, yeah, yeah. Okay. the boys were fired up. Hopefully, we can bring the same heat. Well, looking again. forward to it. Well, yeah. you brought the heat today. <laughs> No, you brought it, guys, because because Duke knew it would get me going. He for sure. He like sits at home and he's like, "How can I get Lottie going this time?" And well, he did it. Duke knew, yeah. He yeah. Knew. I bet he does sit up at night. He's got. Well, how can I get Lottie going today? Well, uh, apparently he got you going pretty good too. But I was in. Yeah, yeah. I know. Whatever. Not over this. Like there has been something else yeah, going well, on. Well, we had the one earlier, and yeah. I was right on it anyway. Eventually. Oh. Eventually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks, Laddie. Had another hoot today. So have a good good weekend. Thank you, you too. Uh, and, uh, Are you going to Star Wars? 
I'm not going to Star Wars because I have another commitment, but I wanted to talk to you about that too. I'll, I'll text you. Okay, sounds good. Okay, but thanks a lot for coming okay. in. Uh, when we come back, we'll uh, have some open time. Plus, Will Graves from the Associated Press will touch on tonight's uh, Thursday night football game between, yeah, the Steelers and the Patriots. Uh, before that, here is the Duke with a sports 1440 update.